Strategic thinking is a mental or thinking process applied by an individual in the context of achieving a goal or a set of goals. In business, we should all be looking to introduce, or better yet, increase our level of strategic thinking in order to prosper during difficult economic conditions. Strategic thinking allows you to put business challenges into perspective. It gives you the foresight you need to tackle challenges and opportunities in a coordinated way. Join us as we take a dive into balancing day-to-day activity and prioritising time to work on your business in order to take control of your business outcomes and your future. You're listening to WorkerX Edge, the podcast designed to break down business challenges and turn them into competitive advantages to take your business forward. And welcome back to another installment of WorkerX Edge, where we are going to cover off on a really pertinent topic, which is how not to get sucked into the vortex of noise in your business by utilizing strategic thinking. Now, I've got my co-host with me here once again, Daniel Roberts. How are you today? And what do we think about this topic? Hey, Jason. How are you going? Great, mate. Yeah, no, I'm excited about this topic because I think it's probably a word that potentially not everyone actually understands the meaning of. So when, it, when we think about strategy, I guess we sort of need to start with what, what we're talking about when, when we talk about strategy and why we need it in the business. So we'll go through those topics today and go from there. Beautiful. All right. Well, let's let's talk strategy first off. What what it is and what it's about. So, for those that aren't really well versed in strategy per se, you might be working in your business on the tools, doing various day to day activities. And so, when we talk about creating and capturing value in a business context, that is doing. All sorts of plans and activities to ensure that one, we're bringing revenue in, and two, we're maximizing the amount of profit within that. So, from a, a sports example point of view, maybe a particular team or a coach has instructed their team to go out and be the absolute best they outscore the other team at all costs. They're not really considering the defensive aspects, but they know that they're going to outgun the other team. Whereas another coach, might go no we've got to we, we want to be the hardest team to score against because defensive actions is what wins championships and what gets you through for finals so if they don't have that strategy that overarching approach then all the other aspects within the plan starts to fall down so daniel what are what are your thoughts on that from a business point of view well as you were talking then i was thinking about the sport example and you got your offense and your defense, and quite often you've got a particular way that you want to play the game. You come up against circumstances all the time, both in sport and in business, where you don't have the, the right circumstances to play to that strategy. So straight off the bat, I'm sort of thinking you got to segment your strategizing. you got to think about your strategy to complete your goals and your vision, but then you've even got things like, your plan B strategy, also your exit plan strategy. You might be someone who intends to sell the business at some stage. So what what actions can you take today to achieve those types of goals? So time blocking, 
as an example might be a good way of focusing on on your strategy and and just having some purpose behind those those periods of time so is it is it strategizing towards your goals or is it strategizing for another reason potentially you've had an absolute firefighting day where you've just constantly put out fires is there a five minute period at the end of the day that you could just think about what is it that you could put in place so that next time a, a similar sort of day is less stressful? Yeah, I totally agree, mate. And I think that at the time that we're recording this podcast, which is sort of the, the end of the year, the year December, January period, particularly in Australia, it seems to be the time then a lot of owners and operators might have a, a couple of weeks off out of the business and they might start to think about these strategic elements for their business because they're not getting hung up in the the day-to-day aspects so i think this is why we were so keen to to cover that at this period and it's not only just i suppose at the of a calendar year you can do it from a financial year point of view as well it's a great time to reflect so what are some of the things that you'll look to do within your business and and what your senior management team and, and your board will look to do at this time of year? So I think in December for us, typically our work has been scheduled, I guess, for the rest of the year. So it can be a little easier to take a few minutes to focus on that because we have a, a plan for what they're going to be doing from now till Christmas. But like you said, Father Industries, seasonably like it might be a different periods of the year that are your busy periods so try and get to a stage i guess where you can optimize those busy periods by actually removing yourself for that smaller period of time to then do some of these things that we're going to mention given that it's our busy period right now we've definitely had a different year in 2022 it's been different sets of challenges and everything like that so one of the ways we're going to start in our board sessions this month is going to be actually reflecting on different circumstances this year you know what went well but also what did we do that potentially didn't go or we didn't have in place or potentially got overrided at different periods of time because we had buyers that just had to have a different course of action so what can we learn from them and what can we put in place so that if we had similar circumstances in 2023, we're better off? Yeah, so I reckon that, and I'm making an assumption here for a lot of our listeners, that quite often they will feel the stress and the pressure of the day-to-day ongoings of the business. They might have set some time aside a four-hour block or something to work through the week to go, hey, I've got a gut feeling about YZ being a revenue stream or we could pivot towards this particular business activity. And they want to go and investigate that during that that time block towards the end of the week. But then something will happen. They'll have a, a sick staff member or something will go amiss with a supplier or, and, and then you just get drawn and bogged down into that and you don't go back to what you want in, originally intended to do, and that was set the time to undertake that sort of strategic thinking. What about the idea of situational strategizing? So if you, whether you're in a board or you work with your family or you, or you have a couple of key members, what if you just threw a few scenarios in 
out there, I guess, as worst case scenarios that could happen and what would the team do to potentially overcome that in the fastest period of time? So, like, I'll throw one to you. Say, marketing, everyone uses Google. What if tomorrow Google didn't exist? I think we're all we're all packing up shop, aren't we, mate? No, but seriously, it's a, it's a great point. What what would one business do if you were having a real reliance on creating leads and traffic for your business through Google? So, if we're looking at that from my perspective, it's going back to what we're actually there to do as customer in in the first, and then looking at different avenues and channels. It may it may go back to some some basic traditional marketing methods, creating a, a list of your target prospects or audience, and then even doing things like cold calling or leaflet drops and these sort of things. So yeah, it's it's making sure that you've got a plan in place or the inevitable happens or, or something unexpected happens like the scenario you've just put towards us. Another one that might be quite relatable at the moment is your retail pricing in relation to wages but without scaring off your customer base too much how do you manage that situation everything went up another five ten percent heading into a recession type period how do you handle that what what steps could you put in place or could you have different I guess, potentially pick different periods of the month to go, if we're not achieving this by this, let's, let's go to plan B for the month. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Again, the first activity to do in, in any time you are, you are looking at price rises or anything like that is, is to go back to your, your value proposition to your, your customers and, and see if you can sort of justify that or, or improve the value proposition with the, uh, with the price rise there. So some of those are, um, are hypothetical. I've given a couple of granular answers there. But by and large, what business owners and operators need to do is work on this stuff. Like it's no good getting to that point. Like you said, tomorrow we all find out that we turn on our, our phones and laptops and Macs and iPads and stuff and, and Google's given a 404 messaging. Now we hope that won't happen, but obviously, but you know, if that was to happen, what, what, are, what is your plan B right now as a business? That's, that's what we're challenging people with. Yeah, definitely. So, and there's no right or wrong answer. I think one of the key things to mention is taking action from these periods of strategizing is definitely important if you're not taking action from some of the action steps that you might be putting in place then nothing's going to happen and you're potentially not going to be in a position that you're able to handle any of these circumstances so some of these hypotheticals that we've thrown out there today are quite potentially catastrophic for a lot of businesses but Effectively, we're doing this every day with micro decisions in our business. But is there certain things that we could be doing in reflecting from them to make sure that we're not doing the same thing a week's time with the exact same questions and stuff when our time could be better spent on big picture stuff? So, and I think that's the difference between, I guess, business owners that 
have a few staff and might be still heavily involved in the everyday, but find themselves frustrated that they're putting out fires. And those that can take the next step is how can we actually strategize our way out of putting out those fires ourselves and implement certain procedures and certain recruiting measures and onboarding and training to ensure that we can focus on our next product line or our next revenue stream or automation, all those sort of things. Let's put strategy aside for a second. And I just want to dive a little bit deeper into how we should think around the managing the day-to-day tasks and things like that. Well, let me throw one over to you, Daniel. And that is, how do you personally, as a CEO, go about the managing the everyday and the work on the business, like in terms of you wake up in the morning and you want to do a bit of time blocking, I would imagine, in your, in your head to do some bigger picture stuff. How do you, how do you deal with the, the waiting between what needs to happen on, from a day-to-day perspective to, to keep the wheels turning versus how do you, the time that you spend looking into the future and, and where the business needs to go? I haven't got this right myself yet, so it's not something that's just going to be perfect the first time you do it and it might not even be perfect 12 months 24 months down the track but for me my day starts pretty early so i need to address which ones of those may be coming up that i know about and focus on i focus on knocking them off first so that i've got as much of the afternoon as possible to focus on strategizing there's times during the day where i might get interruptions by certain people So what I have tried to implement over the last 12 months, which is starting to bear some fruit, is a communication plan. So starting to put individuals in place that can handle some of these repetitives that I might have been getting asked 12 months ago. I'm trying to make sure that someone else is in a position to answer them. And if it's not an individual or it's a fairly repetitive process, can I put something into our software or into one of our programs? to make sure that the answer is available. So that's that's something that I'm focusing on is just trying to get rid of the the smaller tasks of my day that at the moment I sometimes get phone calls about, but I have put steps in place. It's definitely important to time block, no doubt about it. If If you're someone who's heavily involved in your business, you just might have to pick a 30-minute session to get started once a week and do that. Otherwise, if it's your own business or you're a sole trader, it may just have to be that you drive home potentially and try not listen to music or Audible or something. Just make a few notes from what the day had or what and where you'd like to see that day in six months' time, what you'd like to see that's different about that day some really good points within that and just offering an alternative view to that i run a just a small consulting agency business which is myself but see on the on the opposite to daniel in that regard if i'm working on strategy i like to do it in the morning i like to do it when i'm when my mind's at its clearest and it's fresh because that's when i feel i can provide the most value and then i'll get on to my day-to-day activities towards midday into the afternoon and I think that's that's a really important point is 
no two ways the same. There is not one size fits all when it comes to strategic thinking and how you should go about it. You've got to really find out what works for you and what you know is going to continue to fuel that fire to continue to work, get above and, and work on where you want to be and that sort of thing. So I think that's really interesting. Even just between the two of us, we have two totally different approaches. Yeah, you could relate it back to uni assignment or exams or high school, whatever it is you may have gone to. But I, quite, I find it quite fascinating that for me personally, as soon as I knew the assignment was out and the due date, I wanted to get, it, get rid of it as quick as possible. So I would actually put my due date in the calendar for a week prior to the actual due date. And I just would stick to that. So I would have the late night a week before everyone else would. But that gave me a week's buffer for, say, something circumstantial that came about that, that was physically possible. At least I had something in place where a lot of people probably find, I don't know whether it's the adrenaline rush or something, but they do their best work working towards their deadlines. So they'll do 80% of the task on the last day. But for me, I just found I'd like to stick to a plan of routine that meant that I could be comfortable with the due date and never missing it. I reckon that's fantastic. I reckon if we all approached growing our business in the same mannerism or even just the way we do our tax and our VAS and all the other little nitty-gritty operational stuff that we need to do in the same manner, mate, we'd, we'd all be well of where we are and we certainly probably wouldn't have the level of stress that, that we seem to get in running a business. So kudos to you for uh, instilling that approach in, into yourself at, a, at an early age. Oh, thanks, mate. You mentioned tax there, so that's actually a good point. When it comes to strategizing, there are professionals as well that give you a hand to help you in your business. There's nothing that you should be ashamed about if you don't know where to get started when it comes to strategizing or working towards goals or even goal setting sometimes the best thing you can do is reach out for help and find people so there's plenty of business owners out there that are more than happy to mentor or have a coffee but then you've also got the you got consultants out there that do this stuff regularly and can bring ideas and share them with you and also help you expand your idea not just to being an idea but to also make it so that you're in a position, I guess, where you can bounce ideas off someone else who has that mindset. So some good points to take away from today's conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now let's move over to another area, which I'm going to find really fascinating your response to this one is, and that is if we want to create more time to think about strategy and strategic elements. The other way we can go about this is to delegate everyday activities to different sort of line managers or supervisors or coordinators through our businesses and that sort of thing. By delegating those sort of operational aspects, we can start to earn time back in, in, in within our day to work on this strategic thinking. So. Daniel, you got any thoughts on delegating? Yes. Well, I think definitely you've got to start somewhere and you're going to be frustrated by the process. There's 
there's definitely days that I'm frustrated by some of the tasks that I've delegated because it hasn't been done in a way that I would find particularly beneficial. Uh, so probably one of the first things is you're going to get frustrated. Also, like we were discussing earlier, there's not always one size sort of fits all or the one journey that you need to take to get to the destination. So there's going to be time and time again where there's different tasks that aren't repetitive or systematic or step-by-step procedural where it has to be a certain way. But some of the tasks that you do delegate, they, if you're managing a sales team and you're handing over some of the responsibilities, how, how someone else sees getting to the end goal could be completely different and to yours. So again, I can't emphasize enough communication and trying to ask questions to get on the same page about the approaches. So it's not so much about taking the task back or potentially telling someone that their way is wrong. It's about a, having a conversation that asks questions and trying to bounce between each other about the logic behind a certain way of doing things. And fundamentally, if they're getting to the right end goal, then you've got to accept that it's not potentially always going to be the way that you see how you should do it. But in saying that, it could be the right way, a better way, or potentially just a way that gets it done. And being okay with that is probably an important process when you do go to delegate. Yeah. And just to add on to that, I think that people sometimes fall into the trap when they are initially delegating that they just have this expectation that the next person or individual that they're, they're passing that knowledge onto or that task or activity, that, that their success is going to be quite linear, which that's, that's not necessarily the case because people that think a little bit differently and have a different lens to you as, a, as an owner or as a typical manager and the way that they balance their decision-making and, and so forth. So just bringing back to one of your earlier cues around the communication piece, when you are initially getting into sort of these delegating practices, you need to communicate, obviously, the action or activity. I think a lot of the time people forget that they, need, they don't communicate the expected outcome either. So, and then giving, giving guidance initially on the process to go from, you know, how they should how they, how, how they may go about it and then what the expected outcome. But I think nine times out of 10 where delegation falls down, it's because that expected outcome hasn't clearly been communicated well enough. Yeah, I love that. The expected outcome is exactly right. The individual has to understand what the purpose or what the goal is. And I'll share something that we're working on at the moment at our board level. And that's probably going even further than just the expected outcome from a potential task or short-term goal, but it's focusing on the even bigger picture. What's, what's the vision for the company and how can we get people involved in it as soon as they walk through the doors, like day one, like let's get excited, making people feel safe. Like there's so many opportunities in it. 
it's such a great feeling when you've given that to someone. But how can we get, whether it's someone in the factory, someone doing the installs, an office person, how do you get them excited about that without them seeing that I'm just, I just answer the phones, I make the stuff? Like, how do you get them feeling like they're a part of something much bigger? And how can you cite them by turning around and giving them bigger opportunities because they're invested in that They're invested in the mission. So that's something that we're working on and I'm really excited by that because I think it's quite powerful to, to bring people in and share the mission and be transparent and say, hey, walk, walk with me. Let's, let's do some exciting things. I think that's a, a really exciting exercise that you're about to undertake with that, Daniel. And I think a lot of the listeners could take something away from vision and goals and the and the why piece. And it doesn't matter if you're a sole trader, it's just you doing some some consulting work or subcontracting out to another business and and you might be just setting out. I think it is really important to have a goal or a vision or your why piece is something that's very not only inspirational but aspirational as well. And if you can sell that to a new employee or if you're subcontracting out some work and everyone is invested into that, that reflected back onto your customers and your target base and that's sort of going to start to feed itself within your business and and become of of the culture that you're trying to create and and what sort of outcome you're hoping to achieve yeah and as you're saying that don't underestimate the power of the partner as well so whether it's husband wife de facto relationship whatever it may be as the owner you've got your personal goals and the goals for the business your partner has a big influence on that but it's also when you're looking at it from a smaller on a smaller scale and you're looking at the employees that are going to be driving you to that vision goal it's their their partners as well so don't be afraid to bring them on the journey with with you because at the end of the day when people go home they have conversations and they may get really excited about what they're doing at work but it's it's got to be relatable back to them to even get help yourself to have those conversations with your partner. All right. Well, let's go back to strategy as a concept. And what I wanted to just sort of break down the, the activities within strategic thinking a little bit now, Daniel, and that is strategy is an ongoing task. It's not something that you just click your fingers and the way you think is going to suddenly be strategic. So if you're just learning out, you're just sort of starting in this space or you want to start to really get the flywheel moving on your strategic thinking in your business, the best thing you can do, and we'll go, we can break down a few of these, Daniel and I'll probably kick this around a little bit just so you guys can get a really good feel for it. So first and foremost, you need to set aside time to hypothesize everyone has either got many years experience within their business they've got a bit of a um, feel for the industry and what is happening within that so being able to sort of feel and create a a hypothesis in your head of hey i think this could be a really good outcome 
or this could be the way that the industry is going, that sort of thing. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about a hypothesis. The next step is to then to create some activities to experiment and test out that hypothesis. Then you want to start to learn and capture the data from those experiments and then you've got to act. You've got to make a decision, okay, is the data suggesting from the experiment that my hypothesis stands up or do I need to act quickly and admit, okay, I was wrong there and I need to move on to, to a train of thought. So, yeah, so that's, that's sort of like the four building blocks to thinking or putting in, in a new strategy into business. When you think of science when back at school, so potentially if you don't get excited by being, I guess, termed a business owner or an entrepreneur, maybe you need to make yourself the, the scientist of your own business. And like, like you said, fail, fail heaps than fail quick because there's no greater opportunity than what you can learn from failure. Like it's amazing how often you see individuals trying to avoid failure at all costs. But you read, you read entrepreneur biography after biography, they all say they learn from failing and it's, it's so true. So become accustomed to it. Don't, don't do anything silly, obviously. But um, at the same time, you just think of, you know, strategizing as those volcanoes you used to make in high school science and you, know, you, you want to create them, explode them, see if, it worked or if it was a massive fail and then go again. Yeah, I think that's a, a really good point because, look, boiling it, boiling it down to the barest of bones here for people, setting time and, and committing time to work on strategy and strategic elements, that's, that's where it takes real courage when you're going away from the day-to-day business activities and getting stuck within hr issues or the production line isn't isn't working quite as as it should be because someone's away or someone said something to someone else or or this sort of thing so doing getting getting bogged down into the day-to-day that's the easy option the 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 hard the hard option the courageous option is challenging yourself and your business and your wider team to get better in some way shape or form and and what that what that means to you as a business owner or operator could be a range of different things whether that's profit whether that's revenue whether that's lifestyle and having freedom freedom for yourself freedom for your staff whatever that looks like but it's that's the real game changer for strategic thinking is is having the time to set aside and continuing on that when when lots of other Things that are pulling you towards and, and grab, trying to grab your attention, just keeping keeping on track and continuing to set that time aside. When lining it up for your own personal goals as well, I think it is important to understand what it is you want. Because if it's get started on the delegating of the every task today. <laughs> oh, hundred um, percent. Because there's nothing more time consuming than making decision after decision and having a bigger team rely on you to answer those questions so if you don't get started you're going to be sitting here in 12 months time in the exact same position going 
where's this lifestyle that I thought I was getting from my business? Obviously, for financial reasons, many of us go into business as well. So, you know, is it more about your earning potential? Personally, if you're focusing on profit, are you focusing on that for your own personal financial reasons? Or is it so that you can have a bigger bucket at the end of next year to reinvest into the overall values and mission and tasks that you've set out for 2024 when we're talking about it in 12 months? So, yeah, there's so many different ways that strategy is important, but don't underestimate the value of aligning it to your own personal goals as well as your business goals. Because if you want lifestyle, your whole strategy for your business, it's probably going to look a lot more different if it's just financial. And if it's a combination of both, then you're going to put the effort in to, to make that happen because that's going to be an even bigger task at hand. So I think it's important to understand what it is you want to then strategize on your business. We've been going for a little while on this. And to be honest, we'll do a, a podcast for about a, a five-hour period on strategy and strategic thinking. But we don't want to overwhelm. So what we've done is we've created a, um, a little acronym because everyone loves a good acronym to help them remember certain things to get into that strategic thinking activity. And this one where we're going to coin the term FAST or the acronym FAST. So F, let's find and gather our data. So when we're talking about our our feel for the industry and some of our hypothesis and that sort of thing. Let's gather as much data as we possibly can. Let's move on to A, which is adjust our mindset. So like Daniel touched on before with all this lifestyle, that sort of stuff, you have to be able to inspire yourself and find inspiration to continue to time block and work on strategic thinking. You've got to find some other fuel to the fire. And that's going to help you adjust your mindset to get out of the day-to-day and onto the big picture stuff. We then move on to S, which is setting goals. You set goals that are achievable, obtainable. You can do them within a certain time frame. And then, with, like touched on before, include employees and partners and that sort of thing within that. And then the other thing is take action. If you, if you are going to fail, fail quickly, but don't hold on to it. Don't get bogged down, getting upset that you failed on one of your hypotheses. Don't let that stop you from going again, but make sure that you continue to take action, put time aside. Uh, the last thing you want to do is start to do a bit of self-sabotage and get a bit down in the dumps with certain ways or, or um, the way you've spent your time. And it may or may not have worked out, but but yeah, once once you've been able to set some time aside, create these strategic plans and activities, see them into an execution phase, and you've got some return from that. Yeah, this it'll really light the fire within you to to continue on that path. That's really good. I like it. Make it faster and add an A down the bottom. And accountability is another one. Share your goals and have someone keep you accountable. But because in 12 months' time, it'll be the best thing you did. Just no different to when you go to the gym or play a particular sport. It's amazing if you put the effort in, you do the work, where you can be in 12 months' time. So as you were saying that as well, Jason, I just thought of we're recording this on a Monday, right? So we're going to feel pretty pumped for the rest of the week. So 
you're someone who suffers from Monday-itis, maybe throw a strategy session to start your day on a Monday so that you can align everything that you're going to go into for the rest of the week straight off the bat and make Mondays enjoyable. Get, get excited about them so that in 12 months' time we're talking about all the positives that you've, in, you've put into your business um, that have led to the lifestyle or the financial changes that you were dreaming of. So, been great chatting, mate. Love it. Yeah, good, good, good fun. Let's uh, let's make Mondays great again. You've been listening to the Worker X Edge podcast. We hope you found some great takeaways from today's episode that you can implement into your business to give you a competitive advantage. To support the show, please rate, review, and share with your family, friends, and business connections, as well as subscribing on your favorite podcast platforms such as Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Alternatively, head over to workerxedge.transistor.fm to ensure you don't miss an episode. 